With the trade deadline looming, we're talking the top GMs in the NFL with Marcus Whitman, that franchise guy on YouTube. We agreed on the top two, but that was it after that. A very difficult exercise that I think you guys will enjoy. Let's get it. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. You're listening to or watching Renner Ranks here. I'm Mike Renner, lead draft analyst over at The Messenger. Today's podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Last, yesterday, we went through some trade targets in the NFL. Make sure to go check that out if you want. But now we're going to the guys who make those trades, the guys who pull those strings behind the decision to decide the five best GMs in the NFL GM difficult kind of job to evaluate as an outsider because everyone misses, right? No one, no one has a perfect hit rate, whether it's the draft free agency moves, there are always bad decisions on a guy's track record, but that's why me and Marcus Whitman, who that franchise guy on YouTube, he does a lot of player evaluation stuff, does a lot of team building roster stuff. So that's why I asked him, come on, rank these GMs with me. Let's get right into it. All right, Marcus. Yep. Ranking the top five GMs in the NFL right now. Very fitting with the trade deadline coming up here. Who's going to be making some moves? Who do you have as your number five top GM in the NFL as it stands right now? I was really hoping you would like maybe knock one of these guys off the board because <laughs> my first four were pretty easy. And then I like yeah. I hit a roadblock trying to come up with number five. So I, I guess I will take someone here. Um it, it feels to me like there's this big cluster from like maybe six to like 24 where like they're not bad necessarily, but do I really want to like shout these guys out as top five? Mm -hmm. But I guess with my fifth, I will go with John Schneider for the Seattle Seahawks. And this, this one really just comes down to like how much that rough window from 2016 to like 2020 really impacts how you want to view this thing because Man, there was some rough drafts in there. There was the the Jamal Adams trade was was also in 2021, I think. So like there was, I mean, you got the LJ Collier pick in there, the Rashad Penny pick. Um, I mean, Jordan Brooks has turned into a, a decent player at this point, but there there was really some rough periods there. But you look at the last two years and the corner that the Seattle Seahawks have turned, and then you put that on top of the fact that this is the GM that constructed the Legion of Boom. And you're like, all right, I, I can I can feel comfortable putting John Schneider basically saying, you know, even if even if he had that rough stretch, he's he's got a great track record. The last two drafts have obviously been incredible. Um, last year's draft freaking reshaped the future of their team. And then this year, it looks like they've hit on Witherspoon. And uh, that's a that's a big plus there. So I'm, I'm comfortable saying he knows what he's doing. He's he's learned from his mistakes and uh, they're going to keep. Moving forward as a top five GM in Seattle. I was going to say what you just said there. I like to look at it as, as he learned from that stretch because what mm -hmm. they did from it was, I'd go back even like to 14 in terms of the trades, trading away all those first rounders. I, I think he learned kind of his lesson in that, hey, we need those picks. Like trust that you can draft guys that are that good and then they're cheaper for you. And then, uh, you know, you don't have to rely on a highly paid roster. So I like to think that he learned from it because. Uh, I'll actually I have John Schneider a little bit later on, even in this list. So Ooh, we'll get to him okay. when I get to him, but I will echo your sentiments that this was tough. Well, like when I came up with it, I'm like, okay, 
we can get top five GMs easily. Like there's guys that, you know, you know who like, you know, a few guys off to the head, top of your head that you know should be in there. But then there's a big cloud because if you get a long enough track record in the NFL, you have a lot of bad picks. You have a lot of bad decisions on your resume. I think being a GM in the NFL, you're more reliant kind of on everything else around you. As, as weird as that sounds being like GM, but like it's hard to separate GM's performance from the owner that you're tied to with. I, I've I found myself doing that with Duke Tobin, the Cincinnati Bengals GM, who I mm. really wanted to include on this list because I think his track record of like pure talent identification has been superb. And I think it is like top five worthy, but then they don't resign guys. He is hamstrung by his owner. How do you square that with the fact that they really haven't been like that successful as a franchise at when he's been the guy and also like the head coaches, you're still at the whim of the fact that sometimes you're paired with the crappy head coach and like that guy's not going to maximize the talent that you've given him. So it is difficult, but at number five for me, I went Saints GM Mickey Loomis. Mm. I mean, the guy has been around 21 years now as the Saints GM. He has had some of the most insane drafts in NFL history. The 2017 NFL draft, the 2017 Saints draft to me is still like the gold. That is the best draft I've seen in terms of just player for player where they were picked. It was Marcus Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson were their first Crazy. six, five picks in that draft. Just an un, six picks in that draft. Excuse me. Like unbelievable hit rate for six straight picks like that is good for a three-year drafting stretch that was one draft of mickey loomis and then the cap magic he's been able to pull off like he really as much as they are running into the wall here at the end running into the end of the line of what they can do with the cap the fact that they played it for this long and got around it for this long is a hat tip to them and what they're capable of doing and then even outside of that he's hit on like elite talent later on in drafts his third round alone he found akeem hicks he found Teron mm -hmm. Armstead. He found Jimmy Graham. And those are like all like pure talent identification picks. It's Akeem Hicks played in Canada. Teron Armstead was Arkansas. Yeah. Pimba. Jimmy Graham played basketball. Like this was, he really has had, uh, he really is a big reason why the Saints have had so much success for, team, for a franchise that really prior to him was not a successful franchise whatsoever. They were kind of a laughing stock in the NFL. So Nicky Loomis, I think definitely deserves top five spot. Maybe you've sold me a little bit. And and Raheed Shahid, got to give Raheed Shahid a little shout out. Find yes, him out like of he finds weird last off the year. Beaten path guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's he's also just like kind of the godfather of like the cap manipulation yes. thing and deserves a ton of credit for his foresight. I, I left him off the list for a couple reasons. Um, number one is I just I, there's been so many questionable decisions, in, in my opinion, in the last couple of years. Um, kind of the lack of ability to admit where they are like the Derek Carr signing to me was like the worst move of the offseason. I just didn't see the direction with that. I thought his film was actually pretty bad last year. And to give him all that money and, and keep trying to kick this can down the road, I thought was a very questionable move. Also, just the way they've gone about this offensive line has not been great. I mean, the Trevor Penning pick was kind of like the peak of when most people thought he should have gone. And then, you know, they kind of. I know the Chris Olave trade was involved in that whole, you know, the way they moved in that draft, but they ended up giving Jalen Carter to the Eagles through that move. Um, mm -hmm. They just extended Cesar Ruiz, who's not worked out. Uh, Andrews Pete is still, you know, rostered at a huge cap hit. So, like, I, I think they've really done a bad job, specifically with the O line and Derek Carr, who's not a quarterback you want behind a bad offensive line. So that's that's a big reason I, I left Loomis off. But uh, I I not going to argue with you too much. He's, he's definitely up there in terms of how he's changed the, the landscape of the league. Yeah. 
a lot of a lot of anti-analytical thinking, I will say, for, or decision making mm -hmm. from them in terms of like winning now versus long-term process, which is why, you know, because from a talent evaluation standpoint, like track record goes up against anyone, but that's why he's false number five for me. We'll get right back to those GM rankings in a second, but first, today's pod is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know what you're getting, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LockdownNFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, who's your mm -hmm. number four? Number four, I'm going to go with Brad Holmes of the Detroit Lions. Um, now, there is one big blemish on this, which just happened, which was the Jameer Gibbs pick, which was probably the most questionable pick like it, when you factor in scale like of the whole draft. But if you just kind of ignore that or if you want to do the mental gymnastics thing that everybody says, you know, just put Brian Branch in that spot and pretend Gibbs was a second-round pick, I disagree with that logic because this is a team that could have ended up with like Jalen Carter or something like that. But um, other than that, his ability to overturn this team in two and a half years since he took over, starting with that Jared Goff trade, which is going to go down as a, I mean, I'm not going to say like all time great trade, but what a freaking bargain for them to get a quarterback who's now essentially playing at the same level that Matthew Stafford was when they traded him away, uh, probably even better than when they traded him away. Um, you get a pair of first-round picks out of it, and then you just go down the board of their drafts. It's it, They just pretty much nailed it. Like First draft, they get Pene Sewell, Ali McNeil in the third round, Amonra St. Brown in the fourth round. was like one of the steals of the last few years. Even out of that draft, you got uh, Melifonu is, is playing some safety for them this year, doing a good job. Derek Barnes, a good linebacker, um, getting in the mix there. Um, and then just shout out as well in between the drafts, a couple of under the radar free agency signings, John Kaminsky stealing him from Atlanta, who never should have been cut by the Falcons because he always made plays when he was out there. Um, and then they they picked up Josh Reynolds, too, off the, the Titans yeah. kind of let him go. So just some sneaky moves that are like huge impact players for them this year. Kaminsky is super underrated. Um, and then, yeah, 2022 draft. Aiden Hutchinson falls into the lap. I think Jamison Williams is best football is still ahead of him. Uh, you get Kirby Joseph, another huge uh, steal in the third round. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, James Houston hurt right now, but he's he looks like a promising kind of, um, you know, uh, off the bench kind of situational rusher. Uh, and then even this this draft we just saw, they get Laporta in the second, Brian Branch in the second. Uh, in the scheme of things, it's still a pretty good draft. I mean, they they could have done better, but they made up for it with some incredible picks and foresight with those guys uh, in the second round. And, and good free agency signings, too. They got David Montgomery and, and Cam Sutton in free agency. Yeah. Montgomery was really a great signing for them, especially. Yeah. Like massive upgrade, in my opinion, over Jamal Williams. It just terms like a talent for the same type of back. It's it's really hard to argue. Like, But my 
for my rankings, I just leaned away from guys this early on their GM tenure, just because we mm -hmm. don't know. Like that's he's hot as can be for a start. If you're a Lions fan, you're happy as heck right now. That that is a draft track record of all the talent he's accrued. Like that is the beauty of the draft, in my opinion, is that you can turn over your roster like that. I mean, from that 2021 draft when he took over, every impact player on this team, besides Penny Sewell, besides or excuse me, not besides Jared Goff besides uh taylor decker were drafted for them but mm -hmm. like they, they were taken over the last three years and that's why it's so exciting to be a lions fan right now but i will just say probably a little too early for me to just like immediately declare him top five in the nfl i just need to see the guy that the guy especially picking a running back 12th overall who's your <laughs> backup running back right now it that did remind me a little bit of what we talked about with seattle where i feel like they kind of bought into their own hype a little bit yeah. And, uh, you know, they kind of go with the culture picks and, you know, this is our guy. It does remind me a little bit of that. So it, it is. And they went on a four years, four or five, six year stretch of making picks like that. So it, it is a little bit of a red flag. We shall see how we continues to progress. But yeah, again, Brad Holmes, hard to argue if you want to put him in the top five right now. I feel the same way about Joe Douglas kind of with the New York Jets. You know, like mm -hmm. neither team has like done anything yet. But if you just look pick for pick, decision for decision. They both pretty much knocked out the park in their GM tenures, yeah. but neither of them made my top five. My number four, I'm going Brandon Bean, Buffalo Bills GM. I think any way you slice it, he's been an excellent GM. Four might even be too low. The only thing really keeping him back is that they haven't like gotten over the hump, this Buffalo Bills team. Mm -hmm. But every single year, whether it's his decisions in the draft, uh, his first draft, he got Trey White. Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano. I mean, like three cornerstones yeah. of a franchise in this very first draft. And then the second draft, he got Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, Harrison Phillips, Wyatt Teller. Now, Wyatt Teller, they he messed up. Maybe can't put that on him as a good thing because he messed up and traded him in year two. But still, the talent identification part, he got a guy in the fifth round as a Pro Bowl guard. So right off the bat, fantastic draft track record, fantastic free agency track record with his additions of guys like Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Mitchell Morris. Uh, the Stefan Diggs trade, like he has wheeled and dealed to build this roster to the perennial sort of, you know, Super Bowl caliber team that they've been. Now the affinity for mid-round running backs, not my favorite. Drafting guys like Singletary, Moss, Cook every single year. Yeah. Not probably been his weakest link of his sort of uh, GM track record, but really hard to argue with how he's built this roster and how he continues to kind of replenish, reload on this team. No, you made some great points, and I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't even consider them, and I, I think that's a mistake on my end. Um, like you said, it's it's just hard to argue. Like there's not a there's not a lot of like bad moves. Like that's a, a really good trait for a GM to have too. Um, I mean, like maybe the Kyrie Elam pick was kind of a botch, but you know, letting the Chiefs come up ahead of them for that's not really their fault, but. They really missed out on McDuffie. I'll say that. It did feel like, um, they, I mean, you've seen that video where they were like, oh, it's the Chiefs. Oh, it's McDuffie. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> they all were like upset because <laughs> they knew that was who they were going to pick. But yeah. Yeah. That's that, that one. Maybe the Von Miller giving him all that money when he is and has been hurt for them. But that's, mm -hmm. that's really about, really about it. Yeah. If they hadn't had all these injuries in the last couple of years, that he probably would have been one of the first guys that popped into my mind. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who's your number three? All right, this one might be controversial. I've got Jerry Jones and company in Dallas. Oh, dude, I put Jerry Jones just outside my top five. Honorable mention, I had Duke Tobin, Jerry Jones. I, I like it, dude. I, I 
I agree, though. I he's underrated. I think he's incredibly underrated. <clears throat> I think there is a legitimate criticism of him for like being overly loyal um, to whether it's a staff member or certain players. Like you look at the whole Zeke pick and paying him all that money. Like there are things to be said about the way he likes to run his business and all that. But I mean, you literally cannot argue with their draft history. You have to go back to like 2012 to the last time there was a draft that they didn't get legit impact players out of where they took Mo Claiborne. Even then they got Tyron Crawford in the third round, but it's, I mean, 2013, Travis, Travis Frederick, Terrence Williams, 2014, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, um, 2015, you get Byron Jones, Randy Gregory. I mean, it just keeps going. I mean, the 2016 draft where you end up with Jalen Smith, who had some really good years for them. Dak, obviously in the fourth round, um, Anthony Brown in the sixth round. It just, they, if you just scroll through their draft resume, you will be blown away by their ability to not just like hit decent players, but get like the Micah Parsons and CD lambs and Dak Prescott's like superstar players. Um, and I think they actually do a pretty good job with free agency, like at least average. Like I loved the Brandon cooks and Stefan Gilmore acquisitions this off season. I, I would hate to see how that secondary would look after Diggs went down without Gilmore this year. Um, I just, I know they have some flaws in terms of loyalty, but I think they run a good show and a good ship in, in Dallas. No, I 100% agree. And honestly, like from a pure like consistency standpoint, he's been as consistent as, as like any GM in the NFL. It's not like we're talking about John Schneider here where it's like unreal run, broke run, mm -hmm. unreal run. It's like every single year. They have good process. They get good players. The downfall, though, I was literally just actually talking about this Friday night with one of my friends here out at a bar in Nashville. They hype up their own players too much. They're like, they're the Cowboys. They hype them up and then they overpay their own players. Like they, mm -hmm. they end up giving guys like Jalen Smith like 12 mil a year. They end up giving Zeke like 20 mil a year. And you're like hyping yeah. up your own guys that aren't as good as you say. Like they, they, they think because they're the Cowboys and everyone's talking about them that these guys are the greatest things since sliced bread. And it's like, eh. You can you can let some guys walk who are just like yeah. good, not great players, and seemingly every single year that's not what happens. They end up overpaying rather than letting guys walk. I, I will say too, Tyler Smith has been incredible this season. Yes. Like he looks like he looks like baby Trent Williams. And I I knew that the physical tools were there, but man, they saw something there that I did not see. And he, he, looks, he looks like a great pick. Future all pro guard, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that guy is special. Uh, and he can play tackle too whenever they want. Could, but I think like you just keep him at guard, man. He's going to be. So yeah, maybe. Good yeah. All right. My number three is John Schneider. And I don't want to rehash too many things, but just I want to go through the 10 to 12 draft stretch, the greatest draft stretch in NFL history. That alone gives you a top five booking in my eyes. And then also what you said about that the past two years being Charles Cross, Boye Mafe, Kenneth Walker, Abe Lucas, Treak one in one draft, insane draft. And this past year, JSN, Charbonnet, Devin Witherspoon. That's that's another strategy. Like that's a great two drafts, but still doesn't hold a candle. 2010 to 2012, he he accrued this talent with I believe only one of these years had two first rounders. I believe 2010 was the only one that had two first rounders. The rest were just like business as usual drafts. Russell Okun, Earl Thomas, Golden Tate, Cam Chancellor. That's 2010. Two possible Hall of Famers there, and Earl and Cam. 2011, mm -hmm. KJ Wright, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, Malcolm Smith. Another Hall of Famer there in Richard Sherman. <laughs> 2012, Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson. At least one more Hall of Famer in Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Possibly two in Russell Wilson. These at least three Hall of Famers in a three-year stretch, possibly five. To me, there's 
you know, modern draft history. No one's come close. Now, maybe Scott McLuhan had a big hand in this. That's like the rumors around former 49ers GM, obviously out of the league for, you know, his uh, alcoholism that he had, mm. unfortunately, sadly, had to leave the NFL, hasn't been back since, was there uh, one of their, on the personnel side from that, uh, from that 2010 to 2012 drafts. But dude, it was Schneider for that alone, deserves spot in that. This it's, it's, it's crazy when you look at it that way, like he drafted Russ, stole him in the third round, and then traded him for yes. like one of the all-time great perfect trades. Time. Perfect time. Perfect like time. In and out, right. just maximizing Russell Wilson <clears throat> value yeah. left and right. Um, yeah. Uh, alma mater, St. Thomas, by the way, went to the same school. St. Oh, Thomas I didn't know that. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Yep. There you go. Yep. Go back to the rankings in just a second, but first – Today's podcast brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is super easy to create a post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then after you're done, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with exactly the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned DFS platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay as well for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's L-O-C-K-E-D, L-O-C-K, let me do that again. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Pretty easy to spell, a lot of fun to play. Daily Fantasy Sports, made easy. Price Picks. Here's your number two. All right. <clears throat> number two, I feel like we're probably going to have the same one and two here. I got Brett Veach, two. Ah, we do. We do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, another guy, though, that did have some rough years there, 2018, 2019, you got some bad drafts. You've got the Frank Clark move was, I guess that would have been probably 2020. Um, I didn't write that down. But you draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the, in the first round. But really, from the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick on, he's been incredible. Yes. Um, even in that draft, he gets Legereus Sneed in the fourth round, who's, you know, top 10 corner in the NFL. Mike Dana is, uh, is starting on the edge for them this year. Um, but 2021 draft, they trade a first-round pick to get Orlando Brown, which they kind of maximized what you can get out of Orlando Brown, I think because they ended up getting an extra second round pick that they use. I don't know if that was on, on Bolton or Reed Humphrey, but you're talking about an all pro center and a potential all pro linebacker in the second round, Trey Smith in the sixth round, 
So I just, I mean, they they completely rebuilt that that part, um, kind of in the the old line, and then the linebacker, obviously, and then last year's draft, Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, Leo Chanel, just a bunch of great picks. Josh Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, Justin Watson. I think they've made for where they are, given that they aren't swimming in cap space, they've done a a, a good job to like keep the talent in house. Obviously, they trade away Tyree Kill to kind of have the foresight of like, he's the piece that we can live without. I think that was done well, um, but you don't have a ton of cap space, but you still are able to make some good free agent signings here. I think Justin Reed was a really good signing where they needed it. They kind of got a little bit cheaper than Tyron Matthew. Um, uh, Who was also uh, awesome many we like you deserve credit for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Charles Menehue just came off the suspension, which he couldn't have predicted. I don't think, but first game back, he had a sack and a, a pass deflection and that led to a red zone interception. He looks like he might be a good player. <clears throat> I will say there's so everyone's kind of not everyone, but there's been a lot of teams of late that have to make this sort of transition from cheap quarterback to expensive quarterback. And how do you go about doing it? Cause as much as everyone likes to say the cap's fake cap is very much real, especially when your quarterbacks cap hits are upwards of $40 million a year. You have to do something to get around that. And I think the chiefs have managed that just beautifully. And how they've played it in the, like you said, the Orlando Brown trade to get a cheap tackle, plays well, wins Super Bowl, don't have to pay him big money in free agency, go get, go backfill with two other guys in free agency, a right tackle and a left tackle that you can find and then get good results out of it. Like, I, I think he's done great in free agency, his trades, roster moves, that sort of thing outside of the Frank Clark trade, which was suspect. Like he, he kind of was starting to go all in. And then after the kind of all in phase where it's like, oh, no, we have to transition. I think he's been fantastic ever since then. And like you said, his drafts have been great. And also he was, by all accounts, the one instrumental in the Patrick Mahomes pick. He wasn't the GM yet. It still was. Uh, what's his face? Uh, gosh, I was John. No, I always forget his name. Uh, the, the bubble gum guy. John, John Dorsey. Dorsey. It was still John Dorsey. Yeah. Buddy boy. Um, he was still a GM, but by all accounts, it was Veach who went to bat for Patrick Mahomes to the staff and everything. That was a big part of the reason why I ended up uh, John Dorsey gets pushed out. Brett Veach ends up become, become the GM. So has to be, in my opinion, top five GM. Maybe he does get a little too much credit because you're always going to like, because one, it's the best coach team in the NFL in terms of offensively and defensively, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Like that's, you have the best, a top three DC, top three OC. Like no one else has that the way they do. Yeah. And, and then it's, um, Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. So it, it makes everything look a little better. But when you draft that guy, when you're the one who told your team to move up and go get that guy, well, you probably deserve some of the credit for getting that guy. So I feel confident yeah. in him being a top two GM right now. All right, who's your number Yeah, another one? guy. Number okay. one, I mean, I mean, it, this might have – the trade yesterday might have been why you thought of the topic for this show. I mean, that – Howie <laughs> it Rosen. Was. It truly was. He's – all the memes, man. Like he can't keep getting away with it. The breaking bad meme, the, you know, he's running circles around the, the league right now. It's, it's just insane. I mean, where do you want to start? You can start with the draft history. You can start with the trades. You can start with the free agency. It's all just incredible. I mean, and, and the evaluating a guy like Jalen hurts and having the foresight to be like, yeah, Carson's kind of breaking here. We, we like, we like Hurts. We're going to put this kind of potential plan in place. I mean, that was genius. It, the AJ Brown trade to just pull the trigger on it before anybody else did. I mean, the the why that was right before the wide receiver market like completely exploded. 
so to get AJ Brown for just a first round pick at his age and to pay him like, what is he at? Like 24 and a half, 25 mil, like just complete value there. Like you are not doing nearly that with the 18th pick in the draft. Um, nailing his offensive line evaluations, Jordan, Mailata, uh, uh, Dickerson out of Alabama Jurgens looks good right now. Um, hurt at, at this point in time, but I mean, and then just hammering positional value, like basically not investing in running back, not investing in linebacker, totally investing in offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, wide receiver, and some of these trades he's making. <laughs> I mean, Bayard for a fifth and a sixth and a free agent you picked up for nothing in the offseason is is incredible. Um, not to mention they got Jalen Carter from the Saints in that trade navigation. Yeah. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's – he really has kind of like spammed the low hanging fruit of like the analytical movement that like we say, it's mm -hmm. like, Hey, late round picks for proven players is a good deal. It, it, he's done that with the swift trade, the Darius Slay trade. It's like, those are good deals. Uh, the Wentz trade moving on from a broken quarterback for a first round of the AJ Brown trade. And then in mm -hmm. the drafts, like you said, just picking the positions that you would have to pay the most otherwise not picking any of the positions that you can't go find in free agency for cheap. Like just, and his draft stretched from 2010 to 2014 before he got kind of demoted in the weird Chip Kelly era and then bounced back yeah. to GM was still an insane draft stretch. He got over those years, he got Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Boykin, Michael Kendricks, Nick Foles, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz. And he also drafted Jordan Poyer, even though he never ended up making it with the Eagles. That was the core that ended up winning the Super Bowl. Like that's, that is a, mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to argue, and honestly, he just keeps getting better. Like the Kevin Byer trade is easy W. This is now, in my opinion, he's the best team in the NFL, and they're built to be the best team in the NFL, not just this year, but next year as well, and for the foreseeable future with those defensive linemen they drafted. It's just he really is has a chokehold on, like I said, the small things that are easy wins that a lot of GMs just don't do because it's not in their plan or how they want to operate. Right. He continually gets it done. Continually gets uh, yeah, it done. he's like he's like two tiers ahead of even like Brett Veach. And <laughs> I, I was tweeting this out yesterday. I was like, <clears throat> you know, I'm a Timberwolves fan, and I know it's a different sport and all this, but you know, Timberwolves traded like five years of first round picks for someone like Rudy Gobert. And I think Howie looks at that and like, what is the NFL doing in a world where a Kevin Bayard is only worth, you know, a pair of picks that are gonna be in the two hundreds? And he's like, those guys won't make the Eagles roster. Market, yeah. yeah, it's just he's just looking at market deficiencies and just spamming it, and it it just it's almost like easy mode for him. It, I, it's it's crazy that no one else is able to operate like he does when it, it, it all this stuff is stuff that we would do in Madden, like, and, and it is, it, and I think it's why I think I think there will be somewhat of a rise, not a huge rise, but like guys who weren't necessarily football guys. Obviously, Howie Roseman's kind of came in from a little different background, a little different way of thinking. He's not like a pure blood football guy. Like, yeah. I think that the decision maker at the top of our organization doesn't need to be an elite scout. I mean, he drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. You don't need to be like perfect in all your evaluations when you're just making the correct process every single time. And with Howie yeah, Roseman, absolutely. the process is like as good as it gets in the league right now. Just truly as good as it gets in the league right now. Totally Hi, brother. Agree. That was fun ranking the GMs. It was harder than I thought, but it was definitely a good time ranking with you. What you got coming down the pipe? Anything we should be on the lookout for here comes in? 
Um, just doing my my studs and duds series throughout the season of over on YouTube, which is that franchise guy where I'm, I uh, uh, just a little background. My channel actually started as a as a Madden channel uh, where I would edit all the ratings for for EA's roster. Uh, no longer doing Madden, but I still do this studs and duds roster edit where I'm doing a full, you know, breakdown of every team, who's rising, who's falling uh, through the lens of ratings. But obviously uh, with with the film analysis and and all the research to back it. So that's kind of what we're putting our time into as, as we lead towards the draft and then draft season's just around the corner. But uh, yeah, yeah, plus Madden nowadays going. is the same game as it was probably when you started. So <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. No absolutely. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we'll have to have you back on sometime come draft, but I uh, appreciate you. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, Renner. Always great stuff talking to Marcus there. On tomorrow's show now, we will have the one and only Ringer Zone, Austin Gale on. Have not decided what we're ranking yet. I always leave that up to him. See what he's in the mood for. The man's a content machine. He's got all the ideas, and so that's why I leave it up to him. I'm going to text him here later, see what he wants to do. But we'll be ranking something. I'm going to have Connor Rogers on later this week to rank some sort of draft prospects. NBC Sports' own Connor Rogers. The uh, NFL Stock Exchange's own Connor Rogers. Almost blanked on the name of that pod there. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of big episodes here coming up. Very excited for those. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Runner Ranks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.